Welcome to Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies. Sometimes we achieve outstanding pairings, other times giving we give ourselves the opportunity to watch the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am your co-host, Carlos Cooper, and with me as always... My name is Joe Hilliard. And Dave Gurney. And I don't know what the fuck's about to happen right now. Yeah, <laughs> well, well that's about? that's because we're switching things up here. We're we're kind of we're kind of throwing a well. For one thing, we're gonna have three beers this episode, oh. which I think our loyal listeners will be excited for because I'm excited. Um, partly because Joe and I were lucky enough to get invited over to a very new brewery in our town, Corpus Christi, uh, called Noasis Bay Brewing. And is it called Noasis? No, Bay? just Noasis. Oh, gosh. I, look, I blew it already. It's already. I'm, I'm oh, they're brand new. But Nuasis Brewing, yeah. and they are uh, downtown Corpus Christi and making some really, I think, unique beers for our market, even if they are sort of tried and true beer styles. And uh, Carlos couldn't go. That's right. So he said, bring a growler to the recording, and we did. Look at that. That's accurate. But sure. there was a whole conversation about of the four beers available, and there will be six by their grand opening on June 22nd. That's the day, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, we chose this one just for you. Okay. Right. Now, we had an IPA, a Hefeweizen, okay. a, uh, help me. A Pilsner. A Pilsner. Okay. And a Blondale. And a Blonde. And a Blonde. What did we choose, David. Well, hold on. Let well, me let's let's let see if Carlos can guess. Good point. You, you've given him the three. It's a half of Eisen. Not, look at that. He knocks it out of the park. This is see, we we are not amateurs here on this podcast. No, we're not just average no. guys. Uh, now, why did we choose the half of Eisen of those? Because because I was, gave it straight away. I would have thought IPA for you because you're a slave to the haze and they didn't have a hazy IPA. But well, uh, that's exactly it. I advocated for the Hefeweizen uh-huh. because Carlos OG is Hayes. a slave to the Hayes. And yes, he knows this is OG Hayes. That's this right. is if you're talking about unfiltered beer that has that sort of yeast that's going to leave its uh, remnants right yeah. there for you to see, this this is it. And that is a 4.4 ABV. Right. Mm. Now, so it's water. So now, I want... <laughs> Sorry, Cal. <laughs> well, that's true. But, but honestly, none of their beers in terms of ABV would... Uh, yeah, I... Get- I had the pleasure of interviewing Kale a couple months back um, about the brewery, and he did tell me that they were uh, um, trying to hashtag go play outside. So <laughs> their uh, their offerings would be lower ABV. Well, I think and it's sessionable. I so. think it's a cool concept. I mean, they they are going with these lighter beer styles, um, crispy beer styles. Hashtag crispy boys. And that, they're and they're also going into the summer. Right, and that's so, it. Yeah. Right, see, right. they're opening dead, dead middle of summer. Well, it, beginning it is of summer, hot here. It is but hot. it's already stinking hot, hot yeah. in Corpus yeah. Christi. So, I mean, if you're sitting outside or even inside, just after you've come in from the heat, you don't want to be drinking an imperial stout, right? You, no. unless you're in some really good AC. Yeah, um, or in their so, cold room. Right, <laughs> which we did get to experience. Yeah, Thirty-eight degrees. Um, and, nice. and they said that they'll be trying out different styles. Yeah, and they're going to evolve. They're not going to be slaves to this lighter stuff. But I think it's nice that they're taking that approach to yeah. begin with. And I think this is a damn solid Hefeweizen. Now sip on that. We'll talk about that yeah. in a second. Y'all taste the beer. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it. I have a game. I brought a game to play. All right. Over the last couple of weeks, I have listened to every podcast again, fast forwarding, to find out which beers we drank, which episode, because we haven't kept the best records about that. So I put them all into a spreadsheet, and I've got that data. This is our 41st episode. So mm-hmm. forgetting the beer we're drinking right now, I'm going to play a game with you guys, if you don't mind. Now I've got. What if I did mind? Well, then I don't, I don't, then I, then I don't care. Now, this now, podcast is. I don't have a coin in my pocket, but Carlos owns Hybrid Records in Corpus Christi, and uh, he's got like forty fives all over the room where we record. And so I picked one. It's the Gap Band. Uh, you dropped a bomb on me, Carlos. Party Train or you dropped a bomb on me? You dropped a bomb on me. You dropped the bomb on me. Okay, Ooh. so you get to go first. Okay. <laughs> All right, I've compiled our data, and I just thought it would be curious if you guys could guess, and we could just share like how many beers we've drank and where we drank them from and all kinds of fun things. So in 40 episodes, how many beers have we drank? Now, you'll go first, David, then you'll go second, and we'll play prices Right rules. You get to go the okay. closest without going over. And uh, uh, for each question, I will buy you a beer at a future function that we attend together. Okay? <laughs> okay? So y'all are playing for money. My money. (laughs) Carlos, you get to go first, or you get to give it to David. There are six questions, and one of them is very easy. 
I thought I was guessing how many beers we had. No, no, no. But you get to choose who answers the first question. Okay. You or David? I'll answer the first one. Okay, here we go. How many total beers have we drank? 86. David? 84. The answer is 84. Oh! Woo! There was an episode where, we, where you guys didn't drink beer when you guys went up to Washington. Ah, uh, that's no, they did. No, they, we did drink beer. Did y'all talk beer in that episode? No, they they drank beer, and if you're including that, then we're I'm closer. Not, and actually, I'm not including that. Okay, if you were, okay, then we'd be closer to that, 88. I'm not going to yeah. give you the process behind the data anymore. <laughs> Do not question. We we continue, okay, David. This one's yours. That's good. That's good. In our 40 episodes to date, how many total breweries Ooh. have we visited? Have we visited? Have we drank the drank beer from? from? Oh, okay. Including oh. collaborations. Including collaborations. Oh, oh that's tough. Um, <laughs> that tough. Not including duplicate beers, etc. How many breweries? Well, I mean, it would have to... I mean, you're gonna, you're not going to double count a brewery if, if we had them twice. Correct. Yeah, we've had a bunch right. from Ingenious, so that counts as one, even though we've had like right, four right, or five. Right, Correct. Right. How many breweries uh, have we visited? 82. Of 84 beers, 82? Is, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go closer to like 35. Okay, the answer is 61. You went over, David, so I owe you a beer, Carlos. Okay. Oh, okay. 61 breweries in okay. 40 episodes. Yeah, it's not bad. Okay, here we go. The third question. This one goes to you, Carlos. What state have we drank the most beers from? Hold on. And how many? Okay. I... I also just want to talk about the unfairness of this game uh-huh. because you're talking about you're asking us questions about things we've done inebriated. Uh-huh. <laughs> As we get inebriated. Okay, we have we have we've drank the most beers from Texas. And I'm how many beers from that. Texas? How many total beers or breweries? Beers. How many total beers? We've had sixty-nine. Ooh, are we that tilted? Uh, 69 of 84 beers from Texas. No, no. That's too many. 55. Okay. David? I'm going to go with 45. We have had 29 beers from Texas. You, we have been much more diverse. You Neither both, of us win. You we both, both lose, go right? over. Wow. Right. I am, I am, I am shocked. I feel shocked. Yeah. It's a, it's a large margin, though. It's See, I, I, that, this big. makes me feel better, because I feel like we were so, being I, so Texas biased. That's what yeah. I thought, too. Yeah. Well, the next one down is um, California with 12. So okay. it's more than double in Texas. All right. All right. Yeah. This one goes to you, David. What's... Damn it, I screwed this whole thing up. What was the second place state? What was the third place state, David? Behind, the third place state. Behind Texas. I know, and I know the answer to this California. Question. I'm gonna go with Washington. Okay. Maine. I don't I owe I don't owe either of you a beer. It's Colorado and Oregon tied. It's oh, with six. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Then it goes New York, then it goes Maine, then it goes Oklahoma, and then it goes Utah. All right. And then uh, uh, the, the, your last question, Carlos. I, I only owe you both a beer. One beer each. You've done pretty good. What brewery have we drank the most beers from? Hmm. Ingenious. David? It's, it's either Ingenious or Anchorage, but I'm saying Ingenious. Okay. That's been recent, though. I'm going to say Dogfish Head. Ooh, I didn't even think I owe that. neither of you a beer. The answer is St. Arnold. Oh, oh, of course it is. Yeah. Okay. How many have we had of St. Arnold? Do you... Four. Okay. Yeah. Wait, no, we've had more than that from Ingenious. I promise you. <laughs> Not on Mike. No, ingenious. Not on had, Mike. Ingenious. We've had three. Yeah. On Mike. Because you're you're thinking of all the ones we've shared. <laughs> See, think of the games that we're gonna play because you're gonna want to get Ingenious up on that board, Carlos. It's yeah. your favorite brewery. And yeah. all right, last question. I hope y'all are having fun. Last question. What is the average? Okay, without closest, without going over. What's the average ABV? <laughs> of oh the beers God. that we've drank and we calculated drank, the average abv wow. I, I like this kind of thing okay, that's <laughs> good. That's i'm good. a weirdo yeah. i'll do all of our spreadsheets don't worry good okay nice. our average abv okay and i guess first here this one yes yeah. okay um it's up there uh i'd say 8.2 7.6 i owe you a beer david it's 8.8 Ooh. Our lowest ABV beer was a 4.6. Our highest ABV beer is a 14.9. Wow. And our lowest ABV got replaced tonight because we're drinking a 4.4. Hefeweizen <laughs> from yeah, this podcast Noasis goes hard. Brewing. Cheer, cheers to Noasis. Cheers. <laughs> All right. Y'all are on our leaderboard. This is this is our little opportunity. Okay, so what nice. do, that was fun. And I owe two, you two beers, David. I owe you one, one beer, Carlos. Yeah. Well, right. Joe, I think we both owe you a beer for putting together. Well, yeah. no, I, I think that, that we have too. future games where we 
bet. Beers. Fair enough. Fair All enough. right. Fair so what y'all think of this Hefeweizen is, from Corpus Christi, Texas? Did Joe take the Game Master title from Ethan? I guess he has. Well, wow. that, that's just because Ethan hadn't been around for a while. That's right. He's going to come we'll back see, with some games, He may though. hear this, and he may decide it's time to come so. back and start quizzing us. Um, what did I think of this beer? Yeah. yeah it's pretty good. It's a very uh, solid, straightforward Hefeweizen. Yeah. Which is interesting that we should be having this conversation now because... I was talking to a rep from a Texas brewery that will remain unnamed about another smaller up-and-coming brewery that will also remain unnamed. And this particular rep was expressing his discontent with this brewery because literally every single beer they make has adjuncts in it. Okay. And he's like, just give me, just show me you can do a lager. Show me you can do an IPA. Just a straightforward beer. You know, and I agree that there is some merit to that. And they, I like that, you know. Well, and they and are doing a solid. Just I, straight I agree. Up this, this one straight up Hefeweizen, but it's a it's a style. It's you take it for granted, right? Yeah, that it's just available, and yet look around town here. I mean, we only have a few breweries to to uh, you know go to in our local area, and and really this none is, of them. B and J. I was going to say B and J's. I was going to say B and J's does a Hefeweizen, that, and and it can be good. Um, no one else does. Though. I don't make it down there, but nobody else does. So to have at least regularly a good solid hefeweizen available that you can have fresh, I'm I'm happy with that. I'm here for that. But that it's this one though. This is a delicious beer. Yeah, and, and he, he mentioned uh, uh, some clove, and I totally get it. I totally yeah. get oh, the yeah. clove. Yeah. Okay, before we launch into the first movie beer yeah. and mm-hmm. movie. I want to go to the news. Okay. And I have a particular um, news item that I would like to discuss. All right. I don't know if we will keep this as an ongoing segment or not, but uh, Robert Pattinson is Batman. We got oh. we got to talk about it. Well, you know, we got to talk. About we are going to be talking about Pattinson soon. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for our listeners, but you know, we will be talking about another of his recent films. Yes, but, that's true. Yeah. But uh, but in any case, that. this is big news. Yeah. What what do we think of that? What do y'all? I know how I feel about it. What do y'all think about? Well, it? you know my whole thing on uh, superhero movies in general that the, the, they consume a majority of the oxygen, and I t- tend to avoid them. But man, I did get into that Marvel in order to prepare for the podcast. I got prepared for Endgame. Now I've seen a couple of the Justice League movies or the DC movies, and I and and they are bad different certainly than the shiny that marvel puts on but mm-hmm. it's not just that it's, it, they're not doing dark well and the movies are bad they are well, bad. so i have largely ignored batman of late i didn't i did not see one ben Affleck batman movie you said you saw justice league no no, no I, I saw um but you didn't see suicide squad oh, okay. oh that doesn't tie in does it i don't it know does. that's it's supposed to it does really it's supposed to they're so we're going so yes, new yes can no because beneflex batman was in suicide squad but the new before. joker is gone. not tying in the hot queen phoenix one is totally different that's a standalone that like, exists in nothing it's just a movie that he's making right but okay but uh, what's his name? Jared Leto is still going to be Joker in another film. No, I think he's being replaced. Oh, he's being re- okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. no, I mean they're they're, they're recasting Deadshot because Will Smith can't do it again. I think that they're and, taking advantage I mean, of this notion just... that that Endgame completes this phase, and now oh hey guys, we got some DC so stuff DC coming out that we're gonna, that we're going to put together properly. Now. But they're going to keep mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. I don't know. They're, they they're should because she's trouble. good. No, she what? is. Wonder I mean, Woman. I, I saw Wonder and Woman, it's the lone it, blip. It's of, the only greatness. Yeah, only good one. But that's because. Of Patty Jenkins. Well, and I, but I just wonder what is going to happen. Well, it's the, it's the director because you yeah, saw because sure, yeah, Wonder sure. Woman was good, and then she shows well, up in Justice League as Zack Snyder it, vehicle, and it's awful. Well, look at it. I mean the last great Batman. God damn it! I'm going to have to see Justice League. Are you kidding me? No, Are we going to? Uh, no, don't. But don't. when the new Batman comes out, getting you back to your topic, I mean, but I don't think we're going to go that. see it, right? Yeah, we're going to watch that. But I'm going to watch it. But, but do I need to be prepared by the backstory of the DCU? A new, it's a new beginning. It seems like they're trying to reset and act like that stuff didn't. I mean, okay. they're going to make well, another Aquaman because that movie did such huge numbers yeah, at the box right. office, even though it wasn't super well received critically. Yeah. But because it made the money it did, they're going to do it again. There's already... Well, Jason uh, Momoa gets, gets many butts in seats. Yeah. 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 And there's already been some uh, teaser images. Including David Gurney. Uh, yeah. I didn't see it. <laughs> I, I didn't either. Get, but I'm thinking more of the Game of Thrones crowd. Like, there, I know oh, there's sure. some... 
I'm, I mean, I'm just thinking the, the female Moore crowd. Yeah. yeah. I mean, have you seen him? Um, but <laughs> well, yeah, there's teaser images from the next Wonder Woman movie that's going to be set in the 80s coming out. Mm-hmm. That uh, I think they came out today as we're recording this. Um, okay. But. Well, I, I'm, I think, I'm interested in the move yeah. because he's not an imposing figure. He is well. Neither was Michael Keaton. Yeah. Right. It, it, well, yes. See, I think, pro- I, think no, I think I think that I just think it's a bold move because of the Twilight affiliation. Yeah. Even though he's obviously done a lot since then and proved himself as an like as a proper but actor. It's, but it's been in smaller films. And it's Twilight been, fans exactly, and Twilight yeah, fans exactly. are ten years older. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, so yeah, like David said, it's been in smaller films. He hasn't, on a large scale, mm-hmm. removed himself from. And that. he's getting fantastic reviews. See, I, in everything, it's always Good interesting time. to me how they pre-plan these things, but you know that they weren't pre-planned. Yeah. But High Life and the attention that it's getting, and we intend on talking about this movie in a future episode. Right. Spoiler. High Life uh, is. Uh, when you say spoiler after the fact, is it effective? <laughs> no. Sorry. It's not effective. Was I not supposed to say that? Because I don't like to give away stuff that we're not supposed to give away. No, 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 no that's no. fine. And, Including yeah. this upcoming interview. We've got to get an interview now. Uh, no, so like apparently Good Time... Well, I'm sorry. This, High Life is going to get a bunch of critical praise in, right, in advance of Batman coming out helps well, the movie. I, they have, I mean, they haven't even started pre-production yet, so it's going to be a while. But, yeah, yeah, right. uh, but apparently that Safdie Brothers movie, Good Time, he did, was uh-huh. one of the main driving uh-huh. decision-making Which was an pieces. incredible film. It's amazing. And we were not yet doing the podcast, or else yeah. I would have lobbied for that one. We, yeah. One day uh, we'll do a Safdie Brothers episode. Yeah, they I've have, been, I've been they on, have a new film they're working on. I've been on so. that train for a minute now, yeah. since heaven knows what, in 2015. But um, I, I could not bear not talking about that no it's been I, such what, a what, huge and what is your opinion i'm i'm excited about it because okay. i do think that robert pattinson is a just okay him and kristen stewart are two of our current generation of actors that were that that just got a you know they did they did the thing that got them the right. money and made them famous they got that big break they did but it's what have I, they done with their career no, it's not that. I think they've both done great things, and I both think that they're very, very but talented. I think from, but I think they're underappreciated well, that's, because well, they got from, pigeonholed. From uh, the public yeah. impression standpoint, look at it it's this way. I mean, it they is. were huge, huge young stars out of the gate because yeah. they were in this huge film franchise that had a huge book series that preceded it that had this built-in fan base. And then they go on to make these smaller scale, but more obscure, but really rewarding yeah. for like... From a standpoint of cinephiles or people who really, but to uh, Carlos's good point, is that a is that a um, is that a path that they're taking on purpose to try to shed themselves of the negative attention from cinephiles that comes with being in a bubblegum franchise? I, I don't, don't see so. it that way. You I don't. see it. I see it more as they they were able to get that initial fame that got them the ability to essentially choose their roles mm-hmm. yeah. and once they had the ability then they started picking interesting films that they really just wanted to do because they liked the story they liked the character they like the yeah. filmmakers yeah. that that's also my opinion that's that's what i think is going on at no, least i agree with but, those two. Yeah. although there had to have been a little shakes from the salt shaker that salt that actually equals it's hard to get a job to transition from i'm sure, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm sure it was a little difficult cult at first, the especially only, for Pattinson. The one that leaps to mind that did it successfully is Jennifer Lawrence. Although from she's, the Hunger Games? Oh, from the yeah, Games. from Hunger Games. Although yeah. we both, we all know that she was in... Um, Winter's Bone. And, right. Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle. Well, that's, that's, well that's, that was that's after, after, but I'm just... That, yeah, she That's had, the rebranding, though. That's yeah, like, it's yeah. like the Hunger Games was the break, and then the Academy right, Recognition right. came later. I still don't think she's that great an actress, and kind of just, eh, but whatever. Um, I like we, my Jennifer we, Lawrence. We have another... We, so we have a... Now we're going to get into the episode Let's proper. Go. Right, uh, right. Let's so go. we... Before we get to the movie, we have a beer that is going to uh, add to the stat sheet. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, somewhat knowing Joe, had kind of prepped us a little bit to say that he was looking back retrospectively at what we had been drinking. Well, we've only visited, uh, what did I say, 17 states. I don't think I said that. No, you didn't. We've no, got a lot of states that we, we sure haven't do. tasted beer from. So, 33, in fact. Adding right? to yeah. that tally. 50, 33 is correct. We Let's have a good. beer from Drecker. Brewing Company. Right. Uh, this is my first time having a beer from them. They're out of Fargo, North Dakota. We have not been to North Dakota. Let's go. Okay, no? but nobody has though, because <laughs> North Dakota doesn't actually exist. It's a government nuclear <laughs> testing site. I don't know. And so about this that. 
brewery in and of itself is a fabrication of the CIA to convince oh, us wow. that people actually that live in actually North Dakota. There. Are you writing screenplays again? <laughs> is this, I, I feel like this is a better tie-in with one of our other films. But <laughs> but uh, this this beer is called Freak Parade. It is a double IPA that they do. It's 8.2%. It, like I said, is the first beer they've had. I love the art. It is some wacky label art. But I thought the name Freak Parade kind of made me think to some extent, of the classic uh, television series Freaks and Geeks. And the film that we're going to be talking about... Are we going to talk about Linda Cardellini? Huh? <laughs> Let's hope so. Are we going to talk about, uh, the, about Linda Cardellini? Oh, we, we certainly can. <laughs> um, but anyhow, thinking of that tie-in, this is about high school outcasts, people who don't quite fit in with the in-crowd in high school. It's the film Booksmart. I'll just go ahead and say it. And, and okay. before we get off the topic... Let's make sure we discuss the marketing plan after the release. Of the film? Of this film, Booksmart. Okay, okay we'll get there in a second. But, yeah. but the, first, what the movie is about. Okay, sorry, yeah. The well, I'm just saying, this is, this it's is cloudy. a hazy. Where I'm, I'm not seeing through it. I mean, it's not ultra hazy, but it is... Yeah, it's kind of grassy smelling. Yeah, Very, I'm getting yeah. some citrus, though, too. Very yeah, 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 I am, I am. It's juicy. Um, Very grassy. All right, looking forward to sipping okay, on this. Booksmart. <laughs> okay. I've been waiting so long for this. Uh, Booksmart is a movie... Um, about two best friends, uh, Molly and Amy, who are your classic straight A, you know, bookworm, studious, academic people. One's the valedictorian, one's a salutatorian, and they've really focused on school to get into great Ivy League schools in when they go to college, and so, you know, look down upon the popular kids that party and do all this stuff, only to find out that all those kids that blew school off, kind of, and partied and all all of those kinds of things were really social, also got into these great schools. And so the real plot of the film kicks off when they realize that they did one of two things when they could have done both. They could have gotten good grades and had a social life and had fun and gone out on the weekends. So the film is them trying to have that one night of fun and partying before they graduate so they don't feel like they totally missed out. That's right. And then, you know... Hilarity the, ensues. Hilarity ensues. Right. The night happens, you know... They, 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 right. There's going yes. to be a fight between them, probably. There's going to be a... There's going to be conflict. There's, there's going to be, be love interests. It's, it's be, a journey story, yeah. somewhat, and a coming-of-age story. And so we've seen this movie a few times. Yes. Yeah. I mean, really, if you want to boil it down to a very short sentence, this is super bad. Without the misogyny, yeah, super bad. Without uh, <laughs> girls as the leads and uh, the, the different pursuit. With, with that, without the the problem, yeah, the problematic elements of super bad. A different, but a different pursuit, not the per- yeah, well, yeah. Well, it's, well, it's, the the pursuit that super bad is after is the problematic part. Of okay, the, right, let's right. talk about super bad. So it's uh, a, we, which we will be talking about in the second half. But, but this is this is the best movie I've seen this year, Ooh. by a large margin. Okay, but, by a large margin over Beach Bum. Yes. Wow. Okay. Beach Bum is second. Uh, <laughs> but a large, but there is a I can, large okay. gap. Not, there isn't a large gap, but there is a very sured gap. If I can okay. produce for a second, because we do not talk about these movies ahead of time, but I we knew don't. that you were eager to talk about this one, which made me believe that you were e- like that you had had a very awesome experience. And David, saw, just judging from your reaction about Better Than Beach Bum, because I think we unanimously believed that that was the best movie of 2019 before this declaration. This, yeah. mm-hmm. Convince us. Tell us why. Uh, Not convince uh, us, but before we give our take, I'd love to hear more about what you loved so much about the best movie so far. So I went and saw this movie on a Tuesday night and went and saw it again on Friday. Mm-hmm. That's how much. I, no, I get I, it. That's how much I enjoy this movie. Done that. I think that this movie does a great job. Uh, okay, so one of the main things I love about this movie, and this is something I've said to everyone that I've talked to about this movie, is that it's so well written. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I say that is because I know every character's name. Okay. Because mm. those characters are so fully developed. Even the ones that may be somewhat marginal, kind of whatever, like Tanner and Theo, aren't really huge parts of the main plot other than like the reveal in the beginning but those are fully developed characters that are real people that whose names you remember it's not just oh the guy that did this you know you see a lot of movies like this where it's like oh yeah the guy that did the keg stand or the you know whatever you don't know their names because you didn't know stifler was stifler until the third movie yeah because those characters aren't developed enough but every character in this movie is a fully developed rounded human being 
And I think that that kind of writing is really refreshing and it keeps you very engaged in the narrative. I think I really cared about these two girls and I cared about the people around them Uh in like a very human, empathetic way. I think that it does a really great job of kind of portraying and representing a wide variety of people in like a very casual and non-performative way. Like you have, you know... uh, there's several gay characters. There's a character that you kind of think is gay and then it twists you on, it kind of twists on you and it's like, no, that's just like, mm-hmm. a, you know, their gender performance or whatever. Right. And I mean, there's just... The the lead uh, actress is certainly not what you'd call the hot uh, Hollywood model. I mean, neither of them are really. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd argue about the friend. There's there there's there's a couple that kind of comes which is kind of gross because I'm old guy. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple that comes up in the end. That's a, a very non-traditional kind of kind of couple that you know you'd never that you didn't really see coming until right. a certain point when uh-huh. it starts to become more apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I thought the jokes hit really hard. I thought a lot of the characters were just so compelling. I thought the directing was good. The, the soundtrack was amazing. Uh, Dan the Automator did some great original score. Yeah, um, and it doesn't hurt that the film is beautiful to look at. It okay with a amazing color palette. Beautiful that that a second watching would would be required to understand how the director and art art. Uh, director is using color in this film. Yeah, I I, I agree. With that. I will tell you that from the get go. There is a scene in this movie where Olivia Wilde's um, history as a music video director really comes full frontal, mm-hmm. and it's when uh, Ryan and Amy go swim in the pool at the big ah, party yes. that they're mm-hmm. going at, and she's swimming through it, and it is yeah. so blissful and beautiful. You're right, and it's just so captivating, and you feel you feel like you know you're really like there with her at that time experiencing what she's going through like just that pure like joy of everything going the way that you want it to and then there's a part of it where you realize this is not going to end well and it kind of colors the second half of that sequence in Mm -hmm. a way that is very interesting and compelling not just from a visual perspective but from a narrative perspective all the performances are great jared is hilarious uh carrie fisher's daughter is Gigi is amazing um I want to. I want to. Re- there's just so there is everything about this movie was done right, and there's nothing that I would change about. I, I want to say. I want to say something, but then I want David before you get to react, Carlos, to to give me his take because he's that he's our pest, he's our optimist, <laughs> and I I, I, do, I do not know what he thinks about this movie. Uh-huh. The, I know what you think about him. Hold on. Well, I, I want to know what you think, but I want to. Fi- I want you to explain it to me. Don't react. I. My biggest problem with what you just said was when you said the jokes hit hard. Yeah. Because the jokes didn't hit hard. Not for you. That could be true. And I want to get to the bottom of that if we time permits. We've been talking for a long time already. It's, um, It was a beautiful film, and I enjoyed those characters. And if I thought about their names, I might be able to, to think of a few. But the, it wasn't funny to me. To me. Mm. I laughed out loud, literally, two or three times. Yeah. Like, like they, they nailed a joke and I like the characters enough to, to give it. But but David, what did you what did you what was your thing? So here's I, I I think I've I think I fall closer to Carlos. Okay. But I understand I think where you're coming from. Right. The first I would say fifteen to twenty minutes of this film, I was very on the fence. I wasn't sure that I was going to get into these characters. And all that hype ahead of time. There were high expectations when I walked in because of I all the that. hype ahead of it. I, you I, got to go see this film. You got... Well, it's, it's okay. not doing well at the box. You got to go. It's well, that see, amazing. Okay, I saw it before the you, okay. you got to go after that. But went, there was a huge critical consensus that it was a great film prior. Yeah. When you went to go see it, I yes, know that that so, was out there. But, I, but there wasn't the narrative, okay. oh, everybody should be seeing this right, because right, you right, didn't right. bother to go right. see it the first weekend. Right. Or I mean, you we, can't we, compete with the blockbuster that weekend. Right, right. So, I mean, I would question how they decided to release it. But the, uh, you know, I went because. A, yes, I'm hearing these comparisons to other sort of high school coming of age, you know, comedy films that right. I've enjoyed in the past. And I'm a fan of I'm, those. I'm seeing it because I like Olivia Wilde as uh, a film presence and as a, this is her debut, right? Her directorial, directorial debut, yeah. yeah. Um, for a feature. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to see what that's all about. Right. I have very little awareness of these uh, actors except for, I had seen Beanie, Beanie Feldstein. Lady Bird. In Lady Bird. 
and know she's Jonah Hill's sister. He, um, on a, at a red carpet event, wore a shirt that said Beanie's brother on it. There you go. Okay. Well, there. yeah. I mean, I appreciate that he did that. He's been a big star for the last decade. Yeah. So, like, right. you know, let's accept that. It, it all kind of ties together. <laughs> she, she's getting a little bit. Uh, but anyhow, so, I, you know, there were some reasons I went to see it. Um, went in, and I just, it wasn't immediately grabbing me. And part of it was, I didn't feel like the the lead-in really made me want to care about those characters. They were so uptight. They were so... The dance sequence, the introduction. So, that was so good. The yeah. dance sequence was so... When the music cuts and they're still just like... Uh, 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 yeah. It's so funny. I'll, I'll have to watch it again. At, at the In the moment, it didn't grab me. Um, but, and, but you got there. No, I did. Eventually, it was right. the bathroom scene. It was... It was when she becomes, she being the Beanie Feldstein character. Molly. Molly, thank you. You don't remember? Uh, <laughs> uh, she was a well-done character. She I'm was. Not, oh, it's yeah. just I'm not good with names, yeah. even in real life. Yeah. I, who, you're Joe, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, but, uh, no, but her in the bathroom, when she has that revelation, they do the dolly zoom of her, like, you know, total discombobulation, that that realization, oh, I could have also been partying while I was studying. Or could and, have just had fun. Not right, I could partying. have not been as uptight and had a good time and, you know, enjoyed myself and that. So I thought that was done really nicely. And the scene where she's in the hall and everything is happening around her? Yeah, yeah, right after that, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, that sequence finally locked in and I was like, oh, okay, I like this. Because, I don't know, I guess at the beginning I was worried that it was going to be too conventional where it's going to be, oh, these are the uptight nerds and This blah, is blah, blah, blah. literally super bad with girls. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which and it so, is. So, I think that little twist there where it's like, oh, no, they, they kind of get their own comeuppance and they realize we've been too uptight for our own good because really we could have been living our lives and having a good time, but also learning what we needed to learn mm-hmm. and doing the work we needed to do. So once that switch happened, I felt fine with it and I started getting into the characters. I kind of relaxed and I found it to be really funny. I mean, like I, I was enjoying, I mean, you didn't laugh at the Barbie sequence. I thought that was hilarious. Brilliant. No, you know, no, it was a brilliant piece of I filmmaking. Was, I, I totally was get it. cracking up. I, I got mean, it. And, and I, like I said, I laughed during the movie. My problem is... You just said it wasn't funny. No, 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 no. I said the jokes... That's why. (laughs) You said the jokes didn't land. I don't know. No, I didn't say the jokes didn't land. I said the jokes hit hard. And they... They did. Right. And they don't... For for me, they did not. Now, Hmm. now, listen to me. It took me two viewings of... Y'all might laugh at me about this. I think Napoleon Dynamite's a great movie. And the buzz that preceded it, Mm -hmm. I see this movie and I just don't fucking get it. Uh But the second time I watched it, we ended up owning it and I think it's great. Now, I don't go back and watch Napoleon Dynamite ever because it's so caught up in the age that it came out. I might need to watch this a second time and I'm tempted to because of the whole art direction thing that I talked about. And it could click with me, but it didn't click with me. And I'm curious... Is it? And I told you I would never bring this up on the podcast again. <laughs> it's because you're I know old. It is because say. you're old. How old are you? Twenty-seven. Okay, I am twenty years older than you. Yeah, that's a big part of why a lot of the jokes didn't land. Why? I'll, I will tell you why. I want you. So, to. Uh, first and foremost, I don't like to hear this, Carlos. Oh no, hold on, hold on. <laughs> if you if you didn't laugh at Will Forte, just. Okay. Saying that, <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was, so that was funny. Will Forte's shit was amazing. The panda and that bear was some with of the the yeah. Yeah. That was Kudrow. some. That, that yeah. was some of the stuff that I would laugh at. So good. But that's base humor. Yeah. That's not smart yeah. humor. Well, it, it's 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 well, it's, it's well, well planned it's and well teed up. Of course, it's yeah. executed okay, well on so, screen. Okay, that, so, that, that joke could have bombed with a different anything. Yeah, I mean the performance that Will Forte gives and everything um, is. I mean, but he's, Will he's, Forte's he's, not your key to this film. No, he's not, but I'm just saying... Anyway. Um, but his two I, scenes are wonderful. Of wonderful. Course. I have not, in recent memory, laughed out loud as much in the theater as I did watching this okay, movie. Okay, but that's not... This and I'm getting, I'm, getting, okay. I'm getting there. Get there, I'm getting there. Let's go. Okay, so one of the things that makes this so funny is that I know every person that's in this movie. Okay. Like, I have... I can point to a character and say, oh, that reminds me of this Their friend. behavior is or, like my friend, this person. Or, or maybe not even friend. Like in the case of, of Jared, right. Jared Bear coming at you from all angles. Uh, <laughs> right. It, he might remind me of somebody that I hate. Right. But, or, but I didn't or, have or, that guy. Or an, or an archetype of somebody that I don't like. But I didn't but have that, that guy. Exactly. So there is, I, and 
David and I, I don't think talked about it this much because the second he heard me start talking about books, Marty walked away. Me and Aaron did, and I think <laughs> that. I think that's part, and I'm, I'm all, but I'm also kind of surprised that the jokes didn't land for you because even though there is an age, I mean, and for me, I mean, I'm what, I'm what, 10 years older than the people in this movie at this point. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. I'm getting close to being aged out of the humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're getting, well, the characters in the movie, are there age appropriate characters or are they older than they are? Be, are, are they playing well, younger? They're playing younger, okay. but, I, but, but I'm just saying as far as like the, the, what's the, People that are being represented in this movie, high schoolers. Yeah. You know, I'm ten, it's been almost ten years since I graduated high school, so I'm getting close to being <laughs> aged age out. Years, yeah, man. yeah, you're old as fuck. We know. Okay, moving Shh. on. Uh, but that's not nice. <laughs> but I still, I mean, know enough people that are you know five, six, seven years younger than me that I, I just, I can connect yeah. with the characters. I know who they are. I've, right. I've met these people before, and so to see these like heightened, concentrated versions of those archetypes is still really funny to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, so, so I do think that's a big part of it. But you, what you have like a like a half a dozen kids in high school or something? I mean, like, y- y- yes, <laughs> yeah, we're a church going family. <laughs> no, with but half no, a dozen kids. No, no, we yeah. no, you have one that is in college already, one that's about to head to it, and then two still in high school. Correct. correct? Because of that, right. I thought I thought that that would be enough a to connect you, to. or to at least having met some of their friends, and maybe they have a Jared in their right. life. Maybe they have a Gigi or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was still, even though there is an age discrepancy, surprised that my parents you didn't, didn't get sixteen candles. Right? You yeah. understand? No, no, I, I do. You know, I do. I can say and watching. Fact, I, I could be your dad. I mean, that's yeah. how old, that's our age difference. Yeah, you're twenty years older than me. Wa- yeah. yeah, if you were irresponsible, you could have been my dad. That's right. <laughs> I was very responsible. Watching this film, it did. I will say, it did strike me that I was realizing that I am closer you're, to you're the Will Forte, Lisa Kudrow right. folks right. than I was the the younger kids right like that so seeing this film was a little bit disorienting for right. me on that level where you know i'm i'm 40 right and looking at it from that perspective it's like it's hard not to realize that okay and that didn't bother me so much now looking at actually who wrote the film they're actually closer in age to me right um yeah. than any of you than either of you guys there which would put them kind of at the late millennial Early, yeah. well, no, I'm sorry, late Gen X, early, early millennial. Mostly of, early millennial yeah. at this point. Right. But, you know, right on the cusp there. So it was. it's interesting to me that, you know, you found the humor because I didn't find the humor that distant mm-hmm. from me. Like, I, I got that. I did, though, at times think like, oh, it's kind of inappropriate for me to be watching this and thinking about, like, teenage lust as being, you know, even though it wasn't, like, there was nothing misogynist about it. There was no. nothing, you know, like, problematic that way. But it's just young people desiring other young people. But you can being, remember being that age. No, I can. In, in certain moments, I was able to drop it, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's like that crush you have. It's that, yeah. you know, and I can remember that. But then there's that part of me that's like, oh, and then they're in the kitchen with the parents, and I realize... Oh wait, but I'm really more the parents, and I'm yeah. the one who's going to be right. like, if my daughter has a really cro- close girlfriend, I'm going to like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, it's okay if you girls go out all night, yeah. and like thinking they're on a date. <laughs> but you know, see, I mean, but that's... your two daughters, David, are in the safe age where you do not need to begin thinking about them going out on dates. Well, that's yeah. true, but it's but there it, comes a time. But no, I'm but starting just... to project there. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Is like I start seeing myself on the other side of right. that coin. With the film, well, like you're that. in a safe zone right well, now, but in a few years, you better be on. Well, I'm it's, sure. Well, it's it, it's not even about that though. It's just like just, it doesn't matter how old you get, you can still remember being a young person and being in those kind of romantic trysts, the unrequited loves. Everyone's had that experience. Definitely. So even, so even though the context of these people's experiences and the way that they're talking, the sling they're using, the things that are important to them are different, and you know, like one of the main love interests is a girl and the person after that person is a girl that's different from 16 candles and super bad and stuff like that right. even though those things may change we can all still but remember parents, and relating to having that experience but my parents didn't get 16 well candles. i know so the jokes don't land but the emotionality and the yes. core humanity of the story is still intact yes. no matter how old you get or you yeah. age out of the experiences what which is why it makes it frustrates me to all hell that the older people in this country are criticizing the younger people don't we get, have these don't, weird don't get me started I, I don't intend to but luckily we share a lot of viewpoints about yeah. those kinds of things it's stupid 
to ageism one another and I don't want I don't want to age out of getting the jokes. You yeah. follow me? Yeah. But I but I <laughs> yeah. think that Watch it's more in YouTube. It. I, I, that's I, I Also, I think I've got time. I think another reason that uh some of the jokes may have landed easier for David than for you is because he spends his time with late teenagers, early twenties all the time. I mean, That's true. You know, That's he's, true. A, he's a professor. I do. Course. I do get exposed of course. So, to a so, lot of what my students so, like. Yeah. yeah. So you see and hear them using the terminology, and you know, yeah. you ha- you as as their professor have to navigate you know, the kind of trigger warning era of yeah. education that has kind of sure. been ushered in and you have to, But not know, just that, it makes you a better professor if you can well, for identify sure. with the students and well, meet it, them where they are. Exactly. And Dave is a good professor, so he does do that. Aww. But, but, but even if you're not, he you, deserves a raise. You do have to keep, you know, abreast of the current yeah. lands, social, socio-political landscape yeah. of your students, so that you don't cross any lines or say anything right. inappropriate, because well, that could, you know, l- l- like, like, affect uh, not only the experience uh, of being able to learn in that room, but also my thirteen-year-old and fourteen-year-old are Snapchatters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's now a thing to exchange Snapchats, not numbers. I have said to myself in my life, no to Snapchat. I'm not going to learn it. I'm not going to... You're right. You should not have But you just said my kids are the pathway too. Yeah. I'm not... You don't need to be on it to know about it. What I'm saying though is that you age out. You do. You know, that's... I wanted to... That actually makes me think... You just told me I should should connect with a movie because of shared decision. But, but Joe, you're too old for Snapchat. But there's a difference... Which I agree with. I don't want it. There's a difference between being aware... And trying to be appreciating, and trying to jump in and actually be a participant. And, and the, that's. But I'm saying, am I, am I of the age and older where I don't even get to participate in book smart because I've just. No, aged. no, 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 no. That's no, not. I don't think so. You, having awareness. Is this too heavy? Because we can go back to the beer if we need to. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, having. I think aware- it frames every conversation we have. There. I mean, but, we're going to talk about uh, 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 super bad. Yeah. And I'm going to have a completely different experience. And I can tell. Sure, I can tell that that's about to happen. And that's I don't, fine. I mean, but in, I'm just in, saying. But, having, but age related. Okay. I'm having good. some awareness. Like I don't get on Snapchat. I don't use a lot of the terminology that that uh oh i use the terminology just to embarrass my daughters okay well there you go if if i was to use it and i'm sure i'll age into that soon you know to to embarrass my daughters but the the key there i think is just having an awareness and appreciation of it and that allows you to kind of at least understand it Mm -hmm. even if you're not going to be somebody who's jumping in and taking part like so when i say participate i mean like getting in there and actually doing these things versus observing them and appreciating that young people are doing things similar to what we did but just with different words, different well, di- the, different techniques. The, one we, thing, though, I, that I don't want to lose here, when ahead. we talk about that, I was kind of surprised, and it only hit me maybe towards the end of the film. I think it was right after they had the big argument and everybody was, like, filming it at yeah. the time, that social media was a presence here, but Not it didn't focus. become a focus or a device oh, in a weird way. Because I was really thinking, oh, this is like somebody's going to, share the video and then it's going to get circulated and that's going to become a new thing that people are going to it's going to somehow embarrass them and it didn't the point was something like that goes down people are i guess snapchatting it whatever they're doing and that's just accepted that's well it's just it's just what happens you move on from it and that and that makes the world that they're in so much more believable and so much more authentic which is another thing that makes this such a great movie is that they're not trying to heighten or focus or necessarily say anything critical yeah. about youth culture. They're just presenting it in right. a way that is constructed around this narrative of trying to have this one last night of fun before you know they go off. And yeah. it's, you know, it's about friendship. It's about love. It's about relationships. It's about coming of age. I mean, it's about so many universal. I'm things. so glad that you had your experience. I'll tell you this. I'm I, so glad. I did not mean to hijack this with any age thing because I didn't want to talk about that shit. But I'm so glad that you had that experience. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. because of how relatable I find the characters and how emotionally invested I was in the story and how funny I thought it was, how well the direction was, how well all the representation was and the way that they dealt with all the characters, Mm -hmm. uh, the different parties that they weave in and out of. I mean, all of it I thought was so good. I thought it was so funny. Jason Sudeikis was great. Jessica Williams was great. Uh, All those, you know, kind of auxiliary people. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed it and I even enjoyed it more the second time because 
the first time you're watching, you're like, okay, what's going to happen? Where's this going to go? And then the second time you know, and you're just, the jokes are just coming. And you're just like, I'm going to see it again. You're tied in. It's already left our theaters, but I'm going to see it again ASAP. It's great. Um, This beer's pretty good too, though. I I am so excited about the, to know about this beer. And it's been a while since I I felt that way. Uh, I want to know more about Drecker and I want to know more about uh, this beer. Ooh. I'm just curious. I would have a conversation with the brewmaster about how he got an 8.2 out of such a light-colored double IPA because there's not that dark yeah. color that you expect with the double. I mean, I'm definitely I'm, I, I do get some of that malty sweetness that I would expect with a double IPA, but it's not it's not super heavy. It's not um, it doesn't like stick to my palate in the way that some double IPAs do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely has the juiciness. I'm I'm impressed too. I think this is a really nice uh, first experience with Drecker. Well, we and said for it was, me, and they get some of that haze not from like a London fog yeast or something because it says they use a house IPA yeast, but mm-hmm. from uh, flaked and malted oats. Oh, there you go. Um, it's a uh, that grassy we talked about at the beginning mm-hmm. does not come through in the flavor does in any no. kind of negative way. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, good uh, good beer. Thanks for bringing it, David. Good sure. beer. Another state checked off our, uh, <laughs> our checklist. Uh, and so when we come back, we are going to talk about what is obviously the most apt comparison to this movie, and that is 2007. Yeah, 2007 Super Bad. Wait, we'll correct it later. Yeah. Yeah. Stop it away. back that was a spirited fun conversation and you already know we're talking about super bad so let's get right into the beard carlos what do we have in front of us the the can art the the label art's amazing yeah we have um a beer from king's county brewers collective which we've had some of their stuff before but david remind me of who it's collaborating with fair state brewing fair state brewing that's out of Minneapolis. cooperative yeah minneapolis minnesota yes uh and this one is called the Doughball destroyer and what it is it is it is an imperial donut stout wow now the story behind this beer and i love a product with a story um it not just with beer but um with other things as well. Um, but anyway, so apparently, and I'm unfamiliar with the culture of Minneapolis and, or of Minnesota in general, but apparently the cinnamon sugar mini donut at the Minnesota State Fair is legendary. Right. So in this beer, they have included over 100 pounds of them in this stout, <laughs> along with a healthy dose of Madagascar bourbon vanilla beans wow. and... Indonesian cinema untapped describes this as a chewy roasty warrior stout that features layers of flavor uh, and hidden booziness remarkable balance etc etc and this bad boy comes in at 10% whoa 2% above our average getting that average up <laughs> I wondered if that was going to be a thing and let me I mean <laughs> raise the average I you know we are t- David always comes with a healthy s- selection for us to pick we're spoiled, we I yeah, think is what are. you're trying to say. We are. But my instincts were right on point on this one, because I was looking at, we had narrowed it down to two. I was like, you know what? I love the label art on yeah, that. Let's do nice. it. And then he, I didn't even know the style. And then he was like, yeah, it's a it's a donut stout. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. It smells exactly <laughs> like a stout supposed to stout. It's yeah, supposed to stout. supposed to stout. Dude. <laughs> you d- Y'all did go to a brewery this before. Is by the way, I know nothing about. I know nothing even about a second episode. I know we're, nothing about Indonesian cinema. By the way, <laughs> we need to look into that for a future episode. Uh, um, but yeah, so we're Let's gonna talk dive about in. Super Bad. Came out in two thousand and seven. I was right in the second half of this episode. Did not need to correct myself. Um, yes, and Jonah Hill, Michael, Sarah, breakout roles, big time. Um, and then you've got. Um, Kevin, um, fuck, uh, Corrigan, Corrigan. Yeah, yeah, you've got him in there in a good role. Seth Joe, well, you, Joe, let's not forget Bill Hader, Bill Hader, Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen Joe Latrecchio. Franco. Yeah, I mean, just 
Emma Stone. Yeah, hit after hit after hit as far as like who would go on to be the center right. of the c- big Apatow comedy wave that sure. came. You after even get that, Lin-Manuel Miranda in there. See, I had heard about that. I don't remember him in it. Well, you, he wasn't known at the time. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. But I've no seen way. it recently. I've oh, seen really? it since okay. Hamilton, huh. um, which is what is going to color a lot of my... Uh, a discussion of it in the second half is my recent viewing of it because I mean this movie was like the bible for teen boys when it came out it was like this is us. you loved like, this movie loved it it's like yeah I have that friend and like, I'll tell we you do this shit like we are trying to do these things we're interested in girls but girls aren't interested in us we're trying to get booze but have no plug for it we're trying to do all of these things that are more adult than what we are and what we should be doing and what year did it come out 2007 so, so I was a sophomore in high school okay in 2007 uh, I was that age and uh, I, that movie hit all of the points for me. I lo- I loved Superbad when it came out. It's a pretty because I had movie. been riding the Apatow wave. Uh, yeah. Hater and and Seth Rogen are already the stars in their own right, and loved those films. Knocked up all of it, mm-hmm. and then uh, it was knocked up before Superbad. Yeah. Oh yeah, just yeah, before, yeah, just okay. before. Yeah, and Michael Cera had done Juno by that point, right? Yes. And Arrested Development, yeah. which yeah, I was a well, huge yeah. fan of. And so this one's hitting it for me. And you got a teenage comedy sex romp, uh, American Pie R rated style. I'm, yeah. I love that kind of thing. Yeah, and it yeah. was it was really good for the time. It has, you know, I don't it just I. For me, I mean, there's some problematic language used in it and things like that. Um, but I think, and I, I mean, obviously, like the dick drawing thing, still classic. Uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm. still, that joke still hits as hard as it ever did. <laughs> but for me, watching it now as a more mature adult, you're watching two guys, or at least one in the Jonah Hill character. And I would also like to point out that it's interesting that in Booksmart and in Superbad, it's Jonah Hill and then his sister Beanie, yeah. who are the pushy ones of the two. Right. I found that interesting that they <laughs> yeah, both had yeah. some kind of similar character traits. But sure. um, you're watching uh, these two guys go out and you know try to do these things. It, it's just... I feel like I'm watching teenage boys that feel entitled to sex. Like they feel like it's their birthright to go out on this day and be able to have sex with the person that they want to. And there's just something kind of gross about that watching it now in 2019. When people your age go out that are single now, yeah, they never go out with the idea that maybe I'll meet someone tonight and go have sex? Well, of course, but in this one... They're like specific people that they're like, I'm going to go and I am going to... Nail her. Yeah, that one specific person. And that's the goal. And when it doesn't work out, you know, well, it works out too good for one of them who doesn't feel comfortable with it. And that's still... That part feels okay, obviously, because you know. Well, it kind of redeems uh, some of it. It it does redeem some of it, but then Jonah Hill is still a fucking dick at the end of it. And it's like... Why did? What do you mean you don't want to fuck? Like, what do you mean you don't want to party? You drink, we go, whatever, yeah, you know, all yeah. this stuff, and uh, it's 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 really gross. Like yeah. watching that for me now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, for sure. But as a portrayal of a character, there are people in our lives that have that sensibility and have that kind of. You're not a murderer, yeah. but you watch a murder and don't think twice about it. And that's a that's a yeah. I watched John Wick. I watched several dozen murders. Sure. <laughs> in that film. No, I. I mean, I. Well, I, that's I those are films that put us into these very, fantastical worlds. Exactly. These very unnatural kind of situations where you know, like heightened genre films that take you into a world that yes, it may resemble some aspects of our own, but it really exaggerates and yeah. amplifies and does. Superbad is trying to be a very down to earth. Like it's this real. Is how teenagers really interact. Right. This yeah. is how. So I think the stakes are a little different. They than are something and like that. They are, and I want to go back to how I opened this was that this was the Bible for us. This was like we felt like those people. Okay. Huh? And right. so because of that, and because we found at that age Jonah Hill to be a sympathetic character mm-hmm. and we like related to him on a certain level. He's certainly anti casting. For a lead man role in a yeah, which is teenage sex comedy, which was in, is interesting at the time and still is. I mean, yeah. there's nothing. I mean, that's still a very bold casting choice and worked really well, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there's just something that now, as an adult watching it, 
that just feels gross, you know. Yeah. And it's it's because we're supposed to like him. It's because we're supposed to be on his side, and you know, we you're supposed to want him to achieve this goal. And yes, at the end, he does realize he was being an asshole and all this stuff. But you know, a five minute bookend doesn't make up necessarily. Well, for I an think entire film, there is a of, little more balance than I than I feel like you're. And and again, I. I didn't get to rewatch this. I'll, I'll be I'll be honest, but I I have I'm seen working it a few from times over over the past. Right, I, mean, I rewatched it like five months and, ago, and I feel like Michael Sarah, the Evan character, has throughout the film brings a little bit of a balance there. That, yeah, that, that he it's does. not you know completely. I totally get where you're coming from. The Jonah Hill character is too over the top and is too um, focused on this like concept of but then the fact that it doesn't work out for them it it does at least i don't know it's the times i have watched it it's left me feeling like okay the the overriding message is here people get obsessed with this shit in the way that Joni hill does but that doesn't really matter that's not the goal like that may seem like the goal on some level but the goal is to make some authentic connection with people and actually understand them and to have some kind of you know real relationship it doesn't matter that you just have like this thing achieved this achievement unlocked for sure and i i agree with that and you know all that being said you know the jokes still hit hard like it's still (laughs) they're back those hard-hitting jokes it's still funny like they still land so well a lot of those jokes yeah and they still really work i wonder if we're uh, just basically seeing the end of those 80s fueled sex tropes the porkies the hard bodies and i could can i could go on and on in some ways where seeing tits and 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 watching sex and the pursuit of of i almost said a really ugly word uh, girls it was the pitch meeting right yeah right and i grew up in that era here we go well, I here think we there go is again an evolution some I mean, scratchy I think... version on a satellite dish of maybe <laughs> i mean that's where i grew up you know, you know yeah. what i'm saying and, and i've seen all those movies and i certainly and you can watch them. them today right now on youtube if you wanted to or some other side you can't you can't discredit john hughes for his so are we seeing the end of that trope of movies american pie brought it right back i'm sure if we watched american pie right now we did we did on episode four I, yeah, I, I, I don't you think weren't I was there present. for that, no. yeah. but I watched it for the first time for that episode. Yeah, that was, all, that was my first episode it, on the podcast. It is just not a so book smart gets us there in a way that's palatable because it's it's more inclusive and less about the pursuit of and it is explicitly an organ. Well, yeah, for sure, and it is about connection from the beginning. I mean, the characters that we're that we're talking about and the people that they're pursuing are people that they have been you know, somewhat genuinely interested in mm-hmm. right. for the entirety of high school, but never had the bravery Tonight to we get say the balls or, or, to or didn't or think that the... they fit in with their crowd right. and are now saying, you know what, I'm not going to let these kind of classifications of different, you know, social groups in high school define what right. I do and do not do and who I do and do not engage with. And so you see them, it's more... That film is more about Molly and Amy breaking out of their shell than it is about them having sexual intercourse or activity. Mm-hmm. And well, and even their pursuits, the way they define them, aren't as is about having a good time for one having night. a good time and perhaps making the connection with those people who they had hoped to make connections with, but not like necessarily getting down to yeah to brass tacks yeah to, to that, putting so, a notch on our belt yeah right. so exactly even if it's exactly. our first one the notch on the belt is a great way to don't, don't look this. at my belt i won't right. um i would which, never, which i but, feel like in on on some level you know super bad i think in its own way was an attempt or at least a story to kind of try to get us away from that a little bit like even if it was still dealing with some of the residuals oh no i thought super bad took a big bite out of it this is Seth Rogen and 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 his writing partner Evan Goldberg. Thank yeah. you, Evan Goldberg. Yeah. Their take on the eighty sex comedy rom. Right, their take I, on American Pie. But their take taking it in a slightly different direction, using different conventions to to, to make humor in a way that maybe we haven't seen exactly before, but we've seen it all before. Right. right. I mean, that's what I said. But never mind. I mean, I think using unconventionally 
or unhandsome leading sure, right. characters right. that you know maybe right. their charms come from the, different the sad places sack, the sad sack story may, of may the posture night. as being like the typical guys like we're just out to get laid or whatever right. but then ultimately learn that that's not the real goal and you know what i mean again when i watch porkies that doesn't come through <laughs> no we've got to get laid so the, you know to me yes super bad <laughs> is at least an incremental shift yeah. towards something a little more woke and then you see something like book smart and it is a significant very more, significant bigger step towards yeah. that kind of teen sex comedy yeah yeah okay. uh, yeah and i think that if which I don't necessarily think that it is, having a brother that's in high school and hearing him speak. But if Booksmart is any indication of what this younger generation of high school graduates is like, then that's positive. Did he I see think. it? Yeah. Uh, no, he's a piece of work. I can't even... But I think, it. but if, you know, to that end, it's interesting because, you know, we were talking about the generational divide in the first half of the episode, and I don't necessarily want to go back there, but I did bring up the point that the people who wrote that film are millennials, okay? Yeah. And people who are teenagers now are not millennials. Not millennials anymore. Okay? So it, in its own way, I, in the way that Superbad was, I think, a, a couple Gen guys writing a film about their experience a decade before doing... Oh, but if what, I was writing that movie, I would do research and embed myself into a high perhaps, school for a few extent, weeks. I mean, you gotta it, get you, the talk, yeah, you gotta get the That's vibe. fine, but you know what? I bet there are... 15 year olds, 16 year olds, 17 year olds who would see Booksmart and be like, They didn't get it eh, right. They didn't get it right. Okay. You know, I, th I think. I'm sure that's now true. Now I'm seeing, when I saw Superbad, I was already, I was closer in age to Seth Rogen at the time. Right. Which means that. You got that I was outside of So I saw it and I'm like, oh, this is me looking back at what high school used to be like. Right. This is you looking at the guy your age looking back on yes. what high school used to right. look like. Right. Right. And so. To some extent, I could, I could connect with that, but I mean, I'm sure, and I'm trying to think of an example of a film that was actually made when I was in high school, but produced by people who were... Can't Hardly you know, Wait? Yeah, that that would probably have been Because I, I didn't get that Ten one either. Ten Things I Hate About You? That was a little later. That that was just was after close. I got out of high school. It was close. It was close. So, All right, anyway. So the last thing that I want to say about these two movies, and it's more about Booksmart than it is about Superbad, but one, one trope that is time honored that Booksmart holds on to uh -huh. is when they pull up to their high school someone kick flips a stair set there's people skating all over the place uh -huh. I fucking wish that high school was as cool as they made it look in <laughs> that shit does not go down everyone if you went, went back now you'd be skating all over the place everyone when they pulled up to high school it was just miserable that they were up at that hour. That was an that, that was the idyllically cool high school. I know. Every movie is like that. And it pisses me off because well, that's movies. as a as a tween watching some of those, I was like, man, I can't wait I to get to high school. I need to make the nineties high school nineties set high school comedy where you pull up to the school and there's the fucking smoking pit right there because uh -huh. that was my experience of high school, like driving in and literally like you know freshmen getting off the bus in the little circle that we had. And that was the smoked. area where all the seniors and juniors were out there smoking their cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised the smoking was going on. Okay. Yeah, it was, not, 1995. Yeah. All right, we had a delicious beer as well, boys. The Doughball Destroyer. Mm -hmm. I said delicious. I kind of tipped my hand. This is a uh, Imperial Stout, and I got to tell you, it's mighty fine. It is, yeah. It's, it's a, been a good beer night. I'm going to be honest. I like this beer. I don't love this beer. Uh-huh. And well, I'm going to be honest. You are incorrect. Okay. Well, that that's fair. The, you know, we all have our own opinions. That <laughs> nope, nope. I feel like when I hear Imperial Donut Stout, okay, like I'm going to get yeah. something significant in there. That there's really not a lot gives of donut me, in here. Yeah, exactly. There really isn't. You're I'm right. getting, I'm getting cinnamon. I'm getting maybe a hint of vanilla, but I do not get anything in here that's really making me think donut. Okay. okay. What 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 does a donut taste like? It tastes like. Uh, sugar yeast it tastes like um but donut yeast not beer yeast uh it, and it, it I, tastes it has like a um there's gonna be a dough like a breadiness feel. to it be there's a sugar overlay I'm there's just, gonna well, be yeah but I'm you're saying, not gonna get I think there's, bread I, but you're gonna if, no. you're gonna if you're gonna name this the dough ball well because there's destroyer i'm not tasting any dough carlos well there's a hundred pounds of donuts in here where's I the know. dough okay. Car listen I'm just saying I've had pastry stouts yeah. that have pulled in more of that pastry element 
in the flavor than this one has. Why don't we all agree? And I, to do, this? I think it's a good beer. It's a good I'm not beer. saying it's to me, a bad beer. I am saying it's poorly it is not marketed. An excellent. I also think you're wrong, Joe. To me, to me, this tastes like, like a donut destroyer. No, it tastes like a uh, cinnamon ball? sugar donut. Yeah, I'm not getting it, but let's not argue about that. It's a little. It's a I delicious mean, beer. It is. It's a little more. David just reminded me that the, the, the donut is the selling point here, and, it and is. I'm not getting any donut. You know, agree to disagree. You know, whether whether we get donuts, whether we get uh, the one we love the most at the party we go to, I mean, who knows, right? I mean, that's but it's all a gamble, and it's about the journey. You take donut off this and call it an imperial stout, and I'm saying this is one of the this is a this is a good beer. Yeah, that's it's that's, a tasty that's beer. I and you know, uh, expectation Kings County, management is key. Kings County, we've had before. Yeah, I, I hope we have them again, and, and I'm certainly. Destroyed. Certainly excited to have more fair state. So yeah, um, Ooh, so I'm exhausted. So we talked about one of the most hyped comedies of the year, and then we talked about one of the most beloved comedies of the last 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about them? If you want to let us know that you agreed with one of us or disagreed with another one of us, i.e., agreed with me, disagreed with Joe, then you can uh, find us on all sorts of social I, I media. Don't care. I'll just edit this out because it flipped up. See, when he fucks up, he edits it out, David. Hmm. He leaves them in sometimes. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Twitter at Beer Movie Show, Instagram at Beer and a Movie, Facebook.com slash Beer and a Movie TX, and as always, Beer and a Movie Podcast.com. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead and subscribe so that you can keep abreast about uh, new episodes. Abreast is my new word, I think. I think I'm going to bring that back. Uh, and also, go ahead and rate and review us while you are there. We know you're going to give us a five star rating, but go ahead and write a review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of in the future. Um, send us beer from whatever state you are in that we have not drank beer from yet. Uh, the map West is Virginia, up on the website. The map is on the website. There is a Google map where you can keep up to date. If your state has not been represented, you need to be the delegates to fix that it problem. It is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, we like we've said in previous episodes, we will reciprocate. Talking to you, Kentucky. <laughs> West Virginia. It's, yeah. Do that. Um, also, you know, tell a beer loving or movie loving friend about the show if you enjoy it. You know, Please. we uh, appreciate that. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't have anything else, you guys. I'm calling a Malala. Mm-hmm.